Green Radar presents Film Dorks. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the latest Film Dorks. Um, I'm Tom. I'm Nick. I'm Lucas. I'm Bridget. I'm Emilia. Hey, um, <laughs> look, we got a whole gang today. We There's do. a whole bunch yeah, of us. Got some new people. And, uh, Pack them yeah. in. You can see uh, some of these people on other screen radar greats, such as The Verse. And uh, that's another podcast that's uh, that, that we're all kicking out here. But uh, today on uh, Film Dorks, we're talking about going back to the movies. and Again, uh, we're going back to the movies again. Because we did that yeah, last time, but uh, we can go, so we keep going. And go yeah, while you more- can, because who knows what's coming yes. with lockdown, so... I don't, don't even, don't, don't even put my brain there. It'll melt. Don't say the L word. (laughs) I'll have a, I'll have a fucking meltdown right on this podcast. (laughs) I have concert tickets. I want to fucking go. Don't, I don't care. Don't care. Well, my brother who's vaccinated got COVID. I know. But no, but because he's vaccinated, he was like sick. It did hit him. Like he lost his smell and had a a low grade fever, but he's like already on the mend. So like, yeah. That's the thing is like get your vaccinations even if maybe you get sick like you're gonna be okay and you can go to the movies. Yeah, and you go to the getting, It's the summer of getting vaxxed and waxed. Okay, take care of yourselves, people. Oh my goodness! All right. <laughs> I feel like it would be um, like forty year old virgin scene for me if that ever happened. Yeah. So. Yeah, yeah totally. Self care. Yeah. Self care. <laughs> Nobody ever needs to see that. <laughs> <laughs> But all right, oh, so yeah. on a on a note of ripping off the bandaid or the wax, the hot wax, um, oh. what? So what's the uh, the movies we're covering? Today? Well, we're covering um, a bunch. Well, there, there's there's yeah, there's a bunch of new movies that are out. They've probably some of them have been on deck for a while, um, including ones that were in Sundance last year. Um, yeah, that's what's so and, weird, man. Uh, it's like yeah. It's such an interesting yeah, we're, time. We're, we're going to be talking about two really big movies and three really small movies. Uh, we're going with Black Widow, The Tomorrow War, Censor, Zola, and Pig. And I'm excited to yeah. talk about all of these for many reasons. Um, yeah. yeah. And, and one of the interesting things to, to, to notice, though, is two of these films are $200 million budgets. Film. Yeah. And then the, and the other ones the are other just ones, under few. five. Under five. Yeah. And uh, all it, under yeah, five. Dude. Hashtag equality. Yeah. <laughs> the, uh, the other three movies combined don't even make up the, the craft services budget for the first two. Yeah. Although exactly. I bet the craft service on Pig was pretty darn good. I bet Maybe. there's one second in any one of those movies that cost more. One second of film that costs yeah. more in both those movies than the last three. Then the voice the training that, the last three. Then the voice training that went into their accents for black widow yeah (laughs) i have to believe that um, was intentional (laughs) well i have a good like tidbit article i read that i'll bring to that discussion about well then let's why don't we start with black widow we uh yeah now here's the thing um, has every has everyone already been back to the movies yes oh yeah yes yeah what was your first first movie you saw black widow emily Oh, yes, but my first movie in theaters was F9. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> No, mine was Nobody. Uh, oh, Nobody's a good nobody's choice. Good. 
Nice. Odin Kirk, right? Couldn't we have reviewed mm-hmm. that one on this? I guess it's not, or it's it's too we late. Did. It's, yeah, but we, we, we did. Already, yeah. They did. They uh, have a whole YouTube video on it. Yeah, you were. You was were I there? Trotting around? No. 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 It, they edited it. They sat down. <laughs> oh no, I did. I watched it. that. I liked it on YouTube. I commented probably too. So never mind. Sure, Lucas. Listen, if, it, if it's in the past, <laughs> I don't have a uh, rearview mirrors, man. I just go forward. All right, it's all right. You were, I you will were trotting say, around um, Oregon or I think Idaho I was. Yeah. Some shit. That's true. So my I dog will say is that... cleaning my feet right now. Oh my god, Nick! <laughs> I can't say the same. Yeah, can't this relate. So weird. <laughs> um. So I did Black Widow. I did talk about this recently, but Black Widow was my first movie back in theaters ever. So. It might not have been my favorite nice. Marvel movie of all time, but I'm like forever going to have this like special. Yeah. Emotional yeah. attachment to it. Cause it's like my first movie in theaters in like probably almost two years now. And what was like, the context? How'd you see it? I saw it with my family while I was on vacation down in Disney. So we actually saw it at the Disney movie theater in like Buena Vista, Florida. And nice. they had like a whole premiere carpet rolled out with like big, fat heads of all the actors that you could go take pictures with and it, cool. it was quite yeah, it was uh, an event that yeah. sounds it was amazing an event. it was an event so i was my dad was like oh they knew we were coming the you know, <laughs> corny dad jokes you know they rolled out the red carpet for us <laughs> <laughs> but it was awesome it was so beyond worth it to see in theaters i yeah. can't even describe it and we did enjoy it so much that my sister did eventually purchase it on disney plus so they got all of our nice. money from everyone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they've really been hurting, so I'm glad you gave them a little stimulus. Yeah. I know. I felt bad. Yeah. My, it's my donation oh, whatever. for the year. I'm gonna you know, they tax to right the off. parks for, for like a couple of minutes there. Yeah. Probably cost them millions. <sighs> it would be That's great true. to think that maybe it went to like the workers, but never mind. Let's what like, workers? <laughs> yeah. At the, at the Disney parks <laughs> where they close it down. I will say, so I was just at the parks and they have not brought back any shows parades or anything oh, that like involves, the live like, shows performances wow. none of that is back they haven't hired back any of those people and they still only do characters and costumes from a distance like see i was i was recently yeah. at the one in california and disneyland was, yeah yeah and it was pretty much open hmm. yeah like, i would say if florida no masks, pretty much open actors, yeah but there's a difference though the vaccination rates in california are way higher and also, it's a much smaller park. There's like even the the max capacity is not going to be as big as in Florida's Disney World's enormous. Anyway, yeah. yes, it's huge. Yeah. Either I mean, for, way, for amusement parks, it's yeah. absurd. Um, but that but, sounds weird. That sounds like yeah. post-apocalyptic music park in some way, or music <laughs> uh, amusement park. You know what I mean? They're like nobody was there. It was like when he was there. there was but people I like say, zombies been closed for forty years. That's and right. I, that's true. And I know we're not talking about that film tonight, but it's it was quite cool to be there at the time that Black Widow was premiering, and also uh, the Jungle Cruise, like another big mm-hmm. summer blockbuster with the Rock. Well, I'm gonna and see that one in the theater. Yeah, for me sure. too. Yeah. Me too. There, there's a there's a review up of it on ScreenRadar.com. Though. I didn't <gasps> read it because I didn't want to get it spoiled. Um, <laughs> yeah, right. Fuck yeah, you, Steve. get that me. spoiled. It looks to me like. <laughs> Like it's uh, like it could have alternately been titled Pirates of Jumanji. Um, yeah. It did look uh, like is Jumanji. An incredible crossover. I mean, I love everything about that yeah, time. Right. You just sold me. <laughs> um, so uh, anyway, for a $200 million Disney movie, I was kind of surprised that 
like some of the subject matter was pretty heavy in this. I mean, Black we, Widow, we, yeah. yeah, I mean, so, I mean, comic book people will know that Natasha Romanoff is Black Widow and there's this whole history with the Avengers and all that stuff. Um, but this movie covers like her origins sort of, and yeah. uh, uh, they, the main part of the plot takes place after the Avengers Civil War movie. But before Infinity and obviously, War. right, yeah. and before mm-hmm. the inevitable death of Black Widow, which <laughs> happens in Endgame. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, it was kind of weird watching this as a as an action movie, knowing that like, I mean, there's literally no way she's gonna die because she's in other movies that take place after this. So it kind of like ruined the stakes for me. Um, that being said, I thought the opening scene where, where she's very young and uh, they have to escape with this, like, whatever secret info, um, I thought that was really well done. And they, like, you know, made it pretty tense and it was and it was a good way to start off this movie. Um, and then everything else happened. <laughs> uh, no, but that's true. But the, the opening scene with the young Natasha and Yelena, the actress who played yeah. young Natasha, I mean, she kind of like stole the entire first part of that film, I thought. That the kids scene, were wonderful. The whole right, family like, yeah, when they, they were, were younger really was right, the best and Specifically part. that scene where they like have their big daring escape on the airplane and then, you know, they reach the new base and she like grabs the guard's gun and is like screaming, protecting her little sister. Like that was, that was a really great yeah. scene. Yeah, yeah. I and mean, even the really the, nailed that. And the escape on the plane where Barber's on the wing, and they're like, you know, uh, he's shooting off the wing. It was like really tense, and the action was really well done. Like I yes. felt like it, the the yeah. opening it, scene definitely started at a level that I do well, feel like it, they didn't really it, hit it afterwards. It may, maybe not, but it didn't really feel like that much of a Marvel film. No, it not was, in the it was just a big action extravaganza, and like I thought a spy they movie, nailed yeah. it. Yeah, on that level. The, the only like, thing that I thought that was kind of funny with that was like, so they take off and David Harbour's hanging off the wing, right? Yeah. They didn't fly all the way to Cuba with him on the wing, right? And they, I mean, he. I wonder no, what they did. Question. He did no, climb they, they, in. They had to have pulled oh. him in. He must no, have climbed yeah. in. He's like he's a superhero, though. Up on that. Yeah, yeah. He's like he's. Jim I'm like, like no, he's American. just hanging up beside the wing, shooting dudes. But you're hung up on the fact that he got out of the plane and they didn't show him get in. Like, come on. <laughs> I'm more hung up on the fact that he does all that and it's really impressive and. And then he proceeds to do nothing else useful for the entire film. No, I know. Except for, <laughs> except so for be just a dipshit. Like, you can yeah, arm literally. wrestle. He just I mean, turns into a Ray Romano character. He just bullies but some I, prisoners. I was I was mildly entertained by that, to be honest. Like it, it was you know, interesting. Yeah. Like the, how normally you would expect him to actually give do something heroic, and they're like, nah. No, but he was to totally useless. It was funny. Yeah. That is and, actually, um, and I really enjoyed Flo- Florence Pugh in this film. Dude, oh, she incredible. It's amazing to see a star start hitting she everything was, at the right time. Yeah, and I she, feel like she, she is was, the one to watch. She was great in this yeah, movie, it, and I, that woman is so beautiful. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Yeah. It, it took me I, way too long to realize that she was the the main character in uh, Midsummer. Midsummer, yeah, oh. uh, yeah. Totally different, absolutely different role. completely different oh. character. Yeah, well, so yeah. I, I didn't you? really. There was like, oh, yeah. I, I didn't. I, I figured it out. It about could have been two through. different people. Yeah, yeah it was. Yeah. I, she's impressive. That woman is. Well, uh, 
someone to watch. She is fucking talented. I think that she, I mean, she stole the show for this film, but also too, it actually caused me to go back and watch a bunch of her old movies. So I actually just watched Midsummer for the first time this past week. Oh, you hadn't seen it? Yeah, oh, I had not yeah. seen it. Oh, oh <laughs> let me tell you, I could That's dedicate a, a whole podcast one. just to that movie. Um, well, you're on the right podcast, already, Film Dork. Yes, I know, I know. I Well, I had already had seen like Little Women and like a couple other films that she had been in. But like, I, I mean, it caused me like really want to like do a whole like backlog mm-hmm. of like yeah. all that she's been in because what she's been in the past three, four years is like, so ex- impressive and like honestly mm-hmm. extensive like huge films yeah uh, and what's so interesting about this one though is that like scarlett johansson who i think is one of the better actresses working today like she's in so much shit and never gets enough accolades like she was in marriage story last year she was she got who, two oscar nods yeah and, but like but she's never year. but she's never really considered like this like incredible actress because she's always so good at uh at being there for the rest of the cast She's never like outperforming anybody. She's just doing her role and being a really good actor to play off of. So like in some ways, because of that, she gets sidelined all the time, especially when it comes to awards. You know what I mean? So she got some flack, right? A couple of years ago because she like took on some roles that, that people yeah. didn't approve of. Yeah. Was and, that? Um... Have you seen her Under the Skin? She's fucking great in Under the Skin. It's such a creepy sci-fi movie. Yeah, you know what i just learned too and i I guess i didn't really know this i didn't know that she played the voice in her yeah that's what i mean she's in so much stuff and she's just i had no idea no but she gets so like forgotten about and it's so bizarre because like i feel like that's what's gonna happen now is you're gonna see florence Pugh is gonna like just go gang busters and take all the roles she would have scarjo would have gotten and instead God. like it's kind of fucked up like and this is black widow it's supposed to be her biggest this is her movie she finally got and if this came out when it should have which was like between civil war and infinity war i think it would have finally like helped cement her and her character as like something that's that big and marketable instead it's like kind of an afterthought it's odd it's kind of a, a fucked up thing to happen to a like one of the Hollywood's biggest actors just kind of gets shit on. Anyway, sorry, ScarJo. We love you. <laughs> was I, she I, in Lucas uh, really? Don't, don't take a role. Do. Don't take a role as a trans man when you're a cis woman, is what we've learned. Oh, wait, what would you, what one was that? <laughs> that was that was like three years ago. Um, she was uh, she was gonna play a trans man in a, in a film and then she got a whole bunch of black for it oh then she didn't uh, even take the role okay, well, and she ended up dropping was out it Char- it. was it charlie's throne that was in ghost in the show no that no, was that was her it was also that was her. yeah yeah yeah, she yeah, yeah. That, that, that also too. didn't go over well <laughs> no i didn't yeah, even no. see that one because i knew it was going to be awful yeah it wasn't a good movie oh, yeah I mean, she, she got a lot of shit for for whitewashing that movie too mm-hmm. yeah um mm-hmm. but um so that she sadly said, only got a two hundred million dollar budget movie to star in, but she well, was the least interesting part of the whole film. She so. made at least twenty five million <laughs> off of this movie and possibly thirty million. So I hope her um, pillow she's crying in is like gold plated. Anyway, yeah. honestly, um, yeah. But, but you also, said, but, you said uh, yeah. Oh, I was just gonna say you had made a point when you first introduced Black Widow is that this this film did hit on a lot of like pretty serious points and i think like i was pretty astounded and i mean glad to see like their make a stand on like sex trafficking in many ways i mean that was the overarching theme <laughs> mm-hmm. of the whole film and right you know, to have yeah. that be in a the theme of a 200 million dollar blockbuster marvel film i was like i i, I appreciate that now yeah i like granted this movie. they could Listen, do more for it but i like they it. were like a couple of steps away from really 
really accomplishing something. <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, I mean, th- that's, that's one thing. I mean, I guess being a Disney movie is like, they're, they're not really there to like, you know, get down to brass tacks or yeah, moralize. Like, right. For you. Uh, right. Yeah. yeah. If it gets um, too close to the nose, they hire another writer to move it farther away. Yeah. Yeah. But the, the, Trust uh, me, the helicopter I know how this scene, shit works. I yeah. do it every day. Yeah. Yeah. The uh, the helicopter scene um, where she's talking about you know explaining to her dad what a hysterectomy is and all that yeah, stuff. Yeah, that was like one of the I best scenes in the that whole film. Scene. Yeah. That, was, yeah. that was funny. Whoever came up with the concept to have them do it like with the big headphones on, like like the they were talking yeah. through like the microphones, that was perfect. Like that was so funny. It was just like that one extra element that. But it, yeah, it does show you that it, like made it land. If they were too serious about it, it wouldn't have landed as well. You probably would have been like, wow, that feels forced and shoehorned. Instead, they made it absurd and weird and funny. And it actually worked way better, like dramatically for it to be done that <laughs> yeah. way. Yeah, right. right. Yeah. Yeah. Like, well, I, they, I thought that's yeah. why the drama hit was yeah. because the comedy felt organic. Yeah. And um, mm-hmm. it, it mm-hmm. was, I mean, sometimes it was a little goofy, but overall it was it was character centered and came you know yeah and i thought it worked well i i was just surprised by this movie because i really thought i i didn't really care about seeing it i'm really fucking tired of superhero movies to be honest yeah for sure and um this one getting sidelined before covid i'm just like whatever <laughs> but uh so so my my expectations Expectations were low, so I think you know it's it certainly exceeded my expectations. Yeah, honestly, yeah, Nick same. too, as a big Marvel fan, my expectations were also very low going mm-hmm. into this film, and it, I mean I was pleasantly surprised by it. Like, yeah, me too. Way well, more than I thought. You, I would uh, you mentioned that uh, Florence Pugh stole the show, and she kind of literally did steal the show in in one way that she she uh, she was the one that ad libbed the like making fun of Black Widow's uh, like landing moves and all that stuff. Oh, that was yeah, ad-libbed. yeah, that was awesome. yeah. That, and, those um, parts nice. all made me laugh. Yeah, yeah. You like, funny. Like, oh, sorry. Which, so by and the way, laugh too. <laughs> I, I listened. I, I read this article on a, a dialect coach who was like going through all the different accents that they did and judging them, and she was saying mm-hmm. Florence Pugh's was spot on. She's like, I don't know who our dialect coach was. But like, damn, she really is doing a certain part of Russia. They're like, oh, she must be from Ukraine or this area. They, she, and was pointing out all the ways she did it well, which is not just in how she was doing the, the, the accent, but also it, it was never like it was just a part of the character where you could tell she was like incorporating into her speech, but she didn't make it dominate her speech where some people overdo the accents. Mm-hmm. Anyway, and it was really fascinating because I was like, it, uh-huh. how she approached doing the dialogue also approached how her performance was where I felt like she knew exactly who her character was. She knew the humor balanced with the drama. And like, I think she had the best performance for that reason as well, where she had the funniest moments, but also had the biggest dramatic, you know, effective dramatic moments too. So yeah, I think she did nail this role. All hail Le Pew. Le Pew. Yeah, man. Yeah. I'm going to see her more stuff. Disney could have solved that whole issue with Pepe Le Pew. They could have made it Florence Le Pew. And, Ooh, and, make it and a Pepe female. could have been Ooh, gender swap. Yeah, no transition. Okay. But Pepe's there not Disney, go. though. Boom. That's the problem. Mm-hmm. Pepe's not Disney. No, it is now. <laughs> they, yeah, it is. Really? Yeah. Everything is. Everything, Everything is, is owned by Disney. All hail Disney. Everything. I made a, a, a prediction recently no, that says by it's this not. time it's next Warner Brothers, decade. But... Thank you. By this Thank time you. next decade, <gasps> we'll all be praying to Disney. Yeah, Dizzy's gonna buy. Amelia had a uh, what was it that they're gonna get the rights to the Bible and then we're gonna be <laughs> awesome. We're gonna have Jesus Christ superstars. Oh my gosh! Honestly, yeah. there probably Rock is Sexy Jesus. 
from Hamlet Honestly, 2. Anybody ever seen Hamlet 2? Yes. Nobody's seen this. It's God, a funny, that well, that's a, genius. a dude from Britain. Anyway. I do expect so students to be like very ripped. You know, I don't know why. You, you should watch Hamlet 2. Starring Hamlet Steve Coogan. Oh, Coogan, yeah, it's fucking Coogan. It's, it's great. Coogan, yeah. Elizabeth Shue, and David. It's a little Arquette. too cerebral mm. for the American humor. Oh my God, it's so good. <laughs> it's fucking hysterical. Awesome music, Hamlet musical too, moments with Jesus. Hamlet too, yeah, it's pretty funny. Okay, yeah, I think. Okay, we so let's go to tomorrow war. Yeah, there's also another giant. $200 million budgeted. Did we all see it? Blockbuster that didn't go yes. to the movie theaters, yes. I guess. It just, was this no. in the theaters? Well, it was supposed to go to the theaters. Uh, Paramount was supposed to put it out in December of 2019. And then they pushed it. And it was supposed to then come out in like April of 2020. And then everything and then, shut down, down. And, and so they, uh, in a panic, they sold it off to Amazon, Amazon. I think. Yeah, and yeah. then Amazon just, just put it- For pennies on, on the Bezos, they sold it to I, uh, I don't know if it was really even had a theatrical run, this one. I think it was just direct. No, I think There's it was direct stream, uh, from, to streaming service. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Well, did we all watch and it? And rightly um, so. Yes. I did. I finished yes. it like an hour ago. <laughs> I, could, I couldn't finish it. I tried, man. I, uh, I, I couldn't do it. So Tomorrow long. bore? <laughs> no. I, I kind of liked I don't it. Think it, it was boring. Honest. No, I, I think it was a boring. fun movie. I think it was a fun summer blockbuster film. It like, would have been a lot better in yeah. theaters. It would have been so much better in theaters. I personally enjoyed it the one time I will probably If it was in theaters, it. I would have gotten up like Apple 20 watch times. in the restroom of an uh, uh, like 7,000 feet of in the sky. Oh my God. I hated this. <laughs> and I should say I hated it because I didn't finish it. So that's unfair. But... Because I had the chicken cordon blue and that was a no-no. No-no. <laughs> okay. Noted. Fair. Always get the well, fish, Nick. If you have you watched so, Airplane? Yeah. Yes. Um, so the thing with this film, so it stars Chris Pratt and that's a great Yvonne cast. Who else? Yeah. Uh, J.K. Yeah. Simmons, Betty Gilpin. Betty Gilpin, totally underused, but yes. She was great. Mm-hmm. And my, I, I, and Gail the Snails in this. Yes. Yes. Fucking great goddamn cast. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. My, they they also underused her. Yes. Every single character was underused. Listen, they underused. Listen, listen, my biggest beef. Okay. Also, I'm like ranting as I have a $10 Amazon gift card in my hand because it's the only thing sitting on my desk. Um, (laughs) all Amazon. Um, my biggest beef with this film is like all the trailers, all the press conferences, interviews, we're like hyping up the Chris Pratt, J.K. Simmons on-screen duo. Like that's what I kept seeing everywhere. Like J.K. Simmons gonna have this super huge charged role. Yeah, yeah. He's in like ten minutes of the film. Like literally ten minutes. Him coming in at the end of the okay. film. He's in the beginning, and then he comes he's, in. He's a very convenient character. Yeah. Convenient how, character. And how much in you want to bet he's gonna be on a GNC commercial soon? Oh, well, he was like ripped in that one. No, yeah. that's the whole thing they were talking oh, about. Oh, I mean, how we got so in shape for this film and yada yada. So he has stupid. one action sequence. There was no uh-huh. need for him to one. put in all that work. No, <laughs> no. not at all. Um, not well, at all. I mean, just just so y'all know, I mean, I, I worked with him on Whiplash in 2014. <gasps> that's and incredible. All hail ripped, Whiplash. He was, ripped, he was ripped then, and um, so have to be that ripped. ripped. But to beat up emotionally a child, to be that ripped. Like 
he was supposed to be in some some other like DC Marvel type movies. I mean, obviously he played J. Jonah, Jonah Jameson. Right. But he was supposed to be like another major character that was supposed to have like some muscles. And there's there's some images out on the web of him like working out. And, oh, like, with him in the weights yeah. of his hand. He's got like, like he's got like Arnold Schwarzenegger arms. He's, he's nice. got like a huge yeah, he's beard. A beard. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's like the big honestly, it's funny because he voices Omni Man in the Amazon's Invincible. Another and like that is a scary. That is a scary character. One of the scariest like, heroes in any yeah. film. Yeah, yeah, but he, he also voices the yellow M M&M and M in the M M&M and M commercial. Right, That's true. true. The most terrifying M and M. Right, but it was <laughs> I funny broke a because tooth on it. Look. Oh my God, Lucas. <laughs> Um, because watching, like watching Invincible, I'm like, oh, maybe he just got ripped to really to capture the voice. For, like, to get the voice, I, like get the rage. <laughs> Wait, so yeah, hang I on. Have muscles Sidebar, in my neck. Tom, you worked with, <laughs> yes. that's buried the lead there, worked with J.K. Simmons on Whiplash. I know we're not talking about this movie. It, what was he like offset? Did he, did he transition out of character very smoothly? Was he? Was no, he no, he was scary. Or, He's scary. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Tiptoeing around JK. I get it. Yeah, no, he, he was very intense. Um Amalia, but, I don't uh, think you know you're on a podcast with an Oscar winner. I think that's also yeah. what you're missing here. So yay, Tom. <laughs> and Nick is like Oscar the Grouch, so you kind of have like two Oscars. <laughs> you kind of have the best of both worlds. <laughs> Double Oscars. <laughs> no, but um, um so th- th- we were talking about the cast on this film. And yeah. so, what is the yeah, name so, of the dude who's um was in Veep, who's the fu- who's the comic relief in this? Oh uh, yes. Who is that guy? He oh, fucking cracks me up. I'm gonna find out right that now. That guy reacts to danger the way that I would. Yeah, he's like the best part of everything he's in all the time. So Sam he was like, Richardson. Sam yeah, Richardson Sam was he was I a just um, saw him replacement we, in we, Veep. We're not. We're not reviewing it, but I just no. saw um, Werewolves Within as well. Oh, he's he's a lead in that, right? Yes. Fuck. All right. Yeah, I got to see that. Uh, I love the director too. We'll talk who about did, another who did uh, scare me or whatever. Anyway, that that deserves another podcast. But um, no. But he's literally the best thing. Everything he's in, he's the best part of it. And so Veep, he was like a mid-season replacement. Like halfway through the series, they had him like as a guest star that they never could get rid of because he was the best part. And um, anyway, so seeing him like every scene he was in in this film made it me want to watch the film. And then when he wasn't on the screen, I kind of got bored of the film. Yeah. That's how I felt. Yeah. But yeah, the premise, I mean, the, the premise isn't crazy. Uh, <laughs> I mean, the premise is crazy, but they had a good premise for this yeah, movie. Yeah, I agree. Is. Yeah, I agree. I enjoyed and like the and plot line. Fucked it all up. Like seriously, the, the idea of un- untrained soldiers. You're just like, I suddenly now have to be a soldier and go to war with aliens, and the whole human race is gonna die. Like, is a cool but, idea. But here's the thing. But there like, was no. It didn't feel like there's any fucking stakes. time machine. There's yeah. no stakes. They have a time machine. So like, but they instead have, of it's a river. <laughs> yeah i know yeah, well, yeah the like, more they try to explain it the angrier i got yeah they, they, listen, they like could have sent, <laughs> sent blueprints back with the original people and been like here's our shitty time machine like you have 30 years to make a better time but the machine. Ti- you see the um, time it flies like a but fruit flies like an arrow the, fruit flies like, yeah, yeah whatever yeah. you get it you get I, it i don't like so uh, <laughs> but it's, it's, oh my god <laughs> But the more they I'm try to throwing, explain shit in this movie, the you know, more but, annoying um, it got. They, but the They're other thing is, is this whole movie is all so. exposition. They yeah. explain yeah. everything, exactly. yet none of it fucking matters or makes sense. Like, they spend an hour <laughs> and a half doing 
this ridiculous amount of backstory to the point where when they were using it later in the film, I was like, shut your fucking mouth don't and explain, blow something up. They don't explain like the most important things. I know. Like, oh, for it's, sure. It's ridiculous. <laughs> it's a Chris movie Pratt all over ex- exposition that doesn't matter at all. Wait, so like, what was the Tom Cruise one? Like, Tomorrow Never Dies Forever. What was the one that is such tomorrow, a good film? Tomorrow Never Dies. Movie. Yeah. No, but it's like, The Day After Mission Tomorrow Never Dies, Live, tomorrow. Die, Repeat. Yeah. What was the one? Live, Die, Repeat. Oh, was it, it was Edge of Tomorrow. Edge of Tomorrow. Edge of Tomorrow. Edge of tomorrow. Yeah. That, right. That's a great movie. Th- that's the good version of this well. film. That's like yes. a good version Absolutely. of this film. And yeah. like, Absolutely. I feel like what no. that movie did well was it threw you Stop into it. They just threw you into the madness and you were just living in it with Tom Cruise. Then they sort of were explaining it as it was going. So you'd, you'd suddenly start figuring things out and you'd be like, get rewarded for paying attention. This film, they're like, let's spend the first 20 minutes telling you everything. And like, but not really, but not enough, but enough for you to be like, what the you fuck? You get you? dumber for yeah. paying attention yeah. in this so, film. And so like, there was no emotional <laughs> stakes and I kept questioning everything. They're like, but why then? And the last thing you want to do is have your audience be like, checking their watch being like wait why is this happening like it, it had no yeah. momentum it had no rationality to it why is this movie still on and then like and then you get betty gilpin who's one of my favorite actors and you do and you make her this annoying weird they do nothing wife who does nothing like did she ever come back yeah. in the film no, no. The beginning? no. at the end i mean yeah have you seen the hunt reunion have you seen the hunt with her yeah like again like great performance that still can't save a movie like i feel like they somebody just needs to just do her a fucking solid and give her a good role in a good movie by fucking well, Lord, it was it, it was interesting because <laughs> like i really liked yvonne trahosky's role i like her in um ma- ma- what i'm trying to say maiden what is the what's the made TV in america show? iron no, maiden iron maiden no no Oh my God! Made to order. Handmaid's Tale. Handmaid's, Handmaid's Tale. Tale. Uh-huh. Thank you. Uh, that was just a guess. Like the Iron Maiden's Tale. The Iron Maiden's Tale. There you go. And I, I like, I enjoyed her character, but Nick is so right. Like, it was like we, it was just like the whole plot line got like beaten like a dead horse to the point yeah. it was nauseating. And you, then you didn't care. You didn't care. And then I like mean, they crammed really so matter. much like everything in the last 10 minutes of the film like they go back to like where chris pratt taught and like the kid who just is likes volcanoes who was in 20 seconds at the beginning of the <laughs> right, film. i know like what is the wow i'm so glad i didn't finish he literally solved the whole problem of the tomorrow war like he literally solved it like and Dude, i'm like that kid was no like, one <laughs> they were like the reason that it has to be our crack team of idiots is because like Right. If you get the U.S. government involved, <laughs> you get any governments involved, like everything's gonna fall apart. They're gonna fuck it up, and then yeah. they go in and they they come like pretty close to fucking it up multiple times. Everything about this movie has like this movie. I really did. Has, like, I didn't like it endings. at all. <laughs> Wait, like, also, they end. Oh, they, I was they, gonna... they, uh, they end this movie three times at least. Yes. Mm-hmm. Like <laughs> that's it. What's the point? Well, I got Simmons. Yeah. Fifty-three Dad, minutes help in. Help me. Okay, end the move me. <laughs> like fifty-three yeah. minutes in, I I checked the the runtime and it said there was still an hour and twenty minutes left, and I was like, that's an entire film. I'm like, there's an entire film left in this film that I already don't like, and that's when I just pulled the ripcord. It's like I can't watch this. Good for you, Lucas. I, yeah. Good for you. Yeah. I commend you, sir. I didn't do that, and I regretted it at the end. Yeah, I, I and also too, I'm still like not sure how I feel about Chris Pratt because like I I love Guardians of the Thank Galaxy, you for saying that. but like 
his, his <laughs> he's playing the same character. It's him. His character in Star Lord and Guardians of the Galaxy is like the same yeah. as his character in Jurassic Park, he's which very... is the same as his character in the Tomorrow War. And I'm just like, can we see? I thought they were some like other like performance. It's yeah. like they underused Betty Gilpin and J.K. Simmons. They kind of overused Chris Pratt. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. yeah. They, Chris they, yeah, I just they underused uh, um, uh, Mary Lynn Rexcub too. Who that? Oh, the, uh, they oh yeah, everyone. Is that Gail the Snail? Yeah, who's Gail the Snail? Yeah, I love 20, her so yes. much. She's a stand-up comic. Yeah, what is she the one from? It's yeah, all sunny, and then, yeah, she's like so fucking awesome. Every time she pops up in something, I'm like, again, she's like so you're fun. right. Oh, the people that should have gotten more screen time didn't. And Chris yeah. Pratt is a terrible leading actor unless it's like a comedy. Like he's a fine also, comedy like, action star, but that's like all he's Par- got. I love him in Parks and Rec. I'm a big Parks and yeah, Rec Yeah, comedy, fan, like, comedy sure. action. His, his, his range house. is like real narrow. And that's Well, that's fine. why but, he works in Guardians because it's yeah. a comedic role. Exactly, you know? a comedic action role. And like he can but do like, that. Jurassic, like Jurassic Park. Park. Yeah. Well, the thing is, the, the, the new Jurassic Parks aren't horror movies, which is why they suck. But it's also I like, know. they should be... No, but it's because that's why they're like comedic action movies now. And so he works in that role. Right. Um, wait, well, guys, let's move on I, from this. Let's pilot. move on. Wait, right. wait, wait, wait. Fuck, one fuck one note. Movie. And I know you guys okay. are going to be so excited because there's going to be a Tomorrow War 2. Yeah. They're going to take all the, the stuff they couldn't the fit in the first after. movie. The day yeah, war. it's gonna be called the Yesterday War. It's gonna be called no, the day after. There's actually a really amazing sci-fi book called uh Forever War that's online. So many people like idiots like me thought when Tomorrow came war came out or was coming out, it was actually they made Forever War. And so all the buzz on these sci-fi channels were like, they finally did it. They did the Forever. And there was like, <laughs> nah, man, it's got Chris Pratt. It's called Tomorrow War. And I was like, you know what? I'm yeah. gonna give it a shot. Fuck that right, movie. Here we are. <laughs> and we are moving on. <laughs> to censor. Yeah, censor yourself, Lucas. Please. Okay, I will. Yeah. I haven't seen this one. I haven't seen censor. So tell me all about Bailey Bonds film, who if this is their first feature, first feature outing, a horror movie. It's definitely, I would say, like kind of delves into the psychedelic horror a little bit. It's a real weird one. It's an art house horror yeah. film. Um, I'm not even going to try to explain the plot, really. Because oh, it, I mean, it's not that hard. Go ahead, Tom. Like, Maybe you can. So, you go um, ahead. The, uh, the, the thing that you have to know is in Britain in the 80s, they, they implemented a, a censorship board to um, protect right. the, the people of the UK from video nasties, which were these horrible... Uh, just ultra-violent uh, horror movies that were really, um, you know, explicit. And um, so, and Britain felt the need to protect the people by uh, censoring these films. And so they developed a board of people that were uh, to watch all of these films and decide what was allowed and what was not allowed. And right. they would make the filmmakers cut out everything. So this movie is about Enid, uh, one of the censors, who um, is just every single day at work? She just watches these ridiculous, the worst, violent most films. Dis- disturbing shit you've ever seen. Which oh, is like, and, like uh, people on Reddit now who do that shit. Anyway, right? Yeah, yeah. but um, yeah. But, I mean, now there's no rules. But uh, anyway, so like she's exposed to the stuff literally every single day, and it's kind of fucking with her mind. But also at home, 
she has a sister who has been missing for a long time, like since they were right. like preteens. And um, the uh, the parents have basically decided to have her declared dead. They've never found her. And, um, and then she sees a film that very closely resembles her last recollections of when she was with her sister. And that starts unraveling all this crazy shit that, that um, she starts trying to look for her again. And people are thinking that she's losing her mind. And um, and then it gets into some really dark stuff. Um, yeah. And, uh, it's a twisted fucking movie. I'm getting sure. shades. Yeah. I, I was watching the trailer while you were Italian talking, Italian horror. Yeah, it, it has shades of like Videodrome, has shades of eight millimeter of like... Um, mm-hmm. Yep. God, this is looks really creepy and interesting. It's awesome. It's actually a really great film. It's it's uh it, it's really challenging. The more it goes on, the more it challenges you. You know. Yeah, um, there's a there's a character that's like a uh, I guess a recurring actor in these video nasties that uh, is is known as Beast Man. And yeah. He's played by an actor named uh, Guillaume. And he's a weird looking dude, something. right? Oh, yeah, I, I mean, he kind of oh, looks huge. He yeah. was in Victor Frankenstein, and he kind of looks like a mixture between, like, Ray Romano's brother and the guy that played Jaws in the 007 mm-hmm. movies. Yeah, yeah. totally. <laughs> That's funny. That's funny. Yeah, um, but uh, yeah, they did. They did an like it's it's not an it's not a big budget movie by any means. I would no. say maybe three million dollars. Um, they do a really good job of making like the VHS stuff look really legit. Um, the lighting is really moody. Yeah, it's got it's got a lot um, of style and and t- yeah, the characters are tone. all like sufficiently creepy nice. and like, yeah. low key. Yeah. It's super um, Italian. It feels like an Italian, like a giallo Italian. Yeah, film. giallo, like a giallo. Yes, yeah, like Italian slasher kind mm. of. But and they they uh, gento, really it's s- fucking cool. They do a really cool smart thing where they they play around with the aspect ratios a lot, and they really yeah. use that stuff well. Um, and they they really kind of there's like a twist ending sort of, and I'm not going to say what that is, but it's oh, worth. I love that. It's worth looking into. It's worth your time. You had me at aspect ratios. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Nerd. I'm not even kidding. Anyway. All right. All right. I'll stop. Uh, <laughs> but no, listen. You go on the Amazon or whatever you. Oh, it sounds rad. Step, and and, and watch it. It's six bucks, and it's yeah. absolutely worth oh, the money. I'll use my ten dollar find... Amazon gift card and have four dollars. Oh, there you left go. Over. You have your ten bezos to like watch oh, a nice. Bezos. Oh. I gotta that's find a one, friend to watch about, this that's about one nanosecond worth of space travel, right? You know, for a few million bucks, you can make a great movie, which brings us for our next movie. Uh, we have a couple more of these that are five million or less. Yeah, uh, so I, Zola. I first, uh, yeah, I started seeing trailers for this in the theater. Yeah, I um, wanted to see this one. And um, what really sort of intrigued me watching the trailers, and I didn't know much about it at all, but the it just felt like very modern, like almost too modern, like almost like it was like people trying to make stuff with cool hip lingo for the kids and stuff, you know, but what it yeah. turns out is that it was actually um, a true story and it, it came about from a tweet storm that happened in 2015 that went viral. And wow. um, this woman who 
was a sort of part-time stripper named Isaiah King. Um, went on a trip with this girl that she just met and they the whole idea was that they're going to go to to tampa florida to go uh strip and make some money and and basically like that was supposed to be it but what ended up happening is she got uh basically pulled into this whole like sex worker ring right and um and like it, it just turns into this like insane weekend of like debauchery and crime and like uh like double crossing criminals and you know like robbery and all this money being flown around and um like guns getting drawn and <laughs> so is and, it uh, you know does it actually it, it gets really does it touch on topics that like black widow kind of like referred to but then like actually they um, to or no i mean not no what it does do is it, it goes so sex working into, not sex traffic right it goes okay. into like sort of the modern situation of like uh the back page websites and mm-hmm. uh like mm-hmm. small time prostitution mm-hmm. and just sort of the whole like mess that these women get themselves wrapped up in and like a lot of the like abuse that comes along with that and like a a really neat thing that they did was in the beginning of it they really sort of glamorize the way these women view themselves and view their lives and um and what they do and and like how they're they feel empowered by like the way that they're sort of like right. taking a little bit of well, advantage. Well, I, I mean, a, a like big a point of, of this is the fact that that she wrote this and produced it. Oh, cool! I well, didn't it, know it's that. because the, of the, the tweets. The like she, she's Zola, a writer because she, she she tweeted all this stuff out, and that's what became the script. That's so why she also directed writer. it as well. No, so who was it? Oh, no, 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 Isaiah, no, no. I think um, Isaiah King is the. Uh, okay, I see. Yeah, Isaiah King wrote it. Tweeter. Cool. And uh, there's other screenwriters and stuff. Like yeah. she didn't, she didn't finish it. But oh, e- there either is. way, oh okay, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but she created this whole thing because she lived it. And so in the beginning, like like I said, they're all empowered and stuff, and then they get wrapped up in this whole prostitution thing, and it gets <laughs> like ugly. And mm-hmm. and like you know, people mm-hmm. are are um, like lying to them about what's going to happen to them, and then like there's like you know, not quite rape, but, you know, just some really hairy, dangerous situations that they get themselves wrapped up in. And, and it really kind of like pulls the mask off of like, whatever you thought, you know, sex work might look like. And um, it's, it's really well done in that aspect. And there's also like some pretty decent comedy, which sounds weird, but like, it's, it's well, it's handled really well. Uh, The, the, um so taylor page plays zola she was in ma rainey's black bottom she does an amazing job um and uh riley keogh uh who we've seen before in mad max fury road plays uh stephanie the white girl that sort of tricks her into this whole thing and her boyfriend is uh derek he's played by nicholas braun uh who you might have seen in succession and he he's sort of the like comic relief in a way because like his character is just a, a dunce and um and like he's getting played by stephanie uh like she lied to him saying that she's not gonna like hook anymore and like you know like she's basically lying to everybody 
um, and dragging all these people into her just like shitty Has anybody world, else but... seen this movie or Tom is the only one? Because I haven't seen I, I this think I was, I I saw What the stinks is that I was supposed I to see this with my wife because she was really was like similar to I think Tom. She was like, oh, this is like based on this true events and saw who was involved in it. Yeah. And it was playing at only one theater in Boise here. And we could just never make the time work because we'd play one show at like on a Friday right. night or something. And that's one of the yeah, frustrating I mean, I, things about not living in a major market is it's very difficult to track down these films, especially when they don't give them um, an online release. Yeah. Well, this is they available closed on down demand my now. Movie now? theater. Okay. So my moving theater closed after COVID. Couldn't Bullshit. Open. Oh, wow. indie, you got to support them indies. That's why we all got to go back to the movie. Thankfully, there's plenty around here so you can catch them in the theaters. But a lot of this stuff is coming out on demand. Yeah. I mean, yeah. the well, thing is, is watch the this one. theaters are open. So, like, if you can go see a movie in the theater, just fucking do it. Even yeah. And, like, think about it. House theater. So, like, tomorrow it's war, a different experience. Tomorrow War, $200 million budget, Black Widow, $200 million budget. For a movie like this, for $5 million, if, like, one out of every five friends goes and see this, sees this movie. It'll make a ton of money because, like, mm -hmm. it you know, it it doesn't have the budget that it needs to like get that huge market. But like, I do feel like a film like this sounds like something interesting and unique. Yeah, it's way better issues. than the other. Oh, and like, to be honest, like yeah. I, I'm interested Here's, in seeing it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, if if you're one of those people that's like all movies are the same now and they're all sequels and there's nothing original out anymore. This is fresh. Yep. It's original. See the movie. It's 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 modern, you know, and and it's and it's well done. It looks good. The act, yeah. the performances are good. Um, the I mean, if I had to complain about anything at all, it ends kind of abruptly. But really, like, I mean, it's but some it's of the best. That's cool too. Partly, History do that, you know. Yeah. Well, um, speaking of, yeah, of another I, fucking I, amazing, fucking brilliant, like low budget film that yeah. uh, several have seen is Pig. I, mm -hmm. this is, I, this may be my favorite movie mm -hmm. of the year. Okay. And like, oh, oh. <laughs> we should, we should, what I'm going to do is I'm going to let you guys talk about what you like about it and why it's good. Cause my, when I saw this movie, I was like, everything about this movie I like, except that I actually live in Portland and, and, and did a whole episode on the truffle festival in Oregon and in Italy. So like I'm oh, waiting and I know all the film, I know all the restaurants. Right, shut up, and nerd. So, Listen, let's, so, let's, and, and, and you guys are right. I'm, that... You guys are right. So I'm going to shut up and let you tell people and encourage them to see this film. Cause there's so many things I love about it. So I'm going to shut the fuck up and let you go. And then I'm just going to yeah, tell and then you, you can go on your tirade. Then I'll do it. Okay. So I'll shut up all for right, the next fine. five minutes. I'm going to get so another drink. I'll be back. In one did second. anybody else see this movie? Ladies, did you get to see this? No. I tried quite hard to Tried. see this, but yeah. it's in yeah, it's not yeah, it's only in theaters, and you're only going to find it as much. It'll probably in the next couple of weeks, you'll probably be able to see it on demand. But but this There's is rumors uh, it might come know, out on Hulu, so we'll see. That, that, is. that would I did be hear good. The same thing. Um, so this is uh, Michael Samoski is the director of this film, um, and I believe he wrote it as well. Correct? It's written and directed by the same guy. Yeah, um, I think so. So it's it's probably the lowest budget movie uh, that we're talking about today. It stars Nicholas stars Nicholas Cage, uh, of which and Nick Cage got one million of that three million. Yeah, for, probably. So it's, it's really it, no, I I know that Close. for a fact. He and, did. And, and okay. It's, it's so it's it's literally a two million dollar movie plus Nicholas Cage. Oh my god! I will say this: that is one million dollars fucking well spent. This is oh yeah probably the best performance Nicholas Cage has 
ever given. Like, also got that kid from her. This whole movie is a lesson yes. in subtlety, in subtlety in writing, in subtlety in directing, in subtlety in acting. Um, and, the, and he's not the only great actor in this film. Uh, Alex Wolf, is that his name? Wolf? Alex uh, Wolf is the performance nobody talks about. He's so goddamn good in this guys, film. He's I, amazing. Uh, I have to I, tell, I, the thing about Alex Wolf is, uh-oh. no. Okay, because the only, I every time I see him, he's been in all these great movies. He was in uh, Hereditary. Hereditary is so in, fucking good in that. He was in Patriot Day. Um, and he played he played the terror the bomber from the Boston Marathon bombing. Well, there was just the thing about that but, I saw about yeah. him today that he was uh, from in Hereditary that 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 like really fucked him up, like having to to it perform that. <laughs> yeah, he's like he he'd had like some serious like. I mean shit. that scene of his head smacking oh. the desk when he's in the classroom and like yeah. Anyways. Alex Alex Wolf and his brother were in a kids show on Nickelodeon when I was growing up. They were my age, called the Naked Brothers Band, and they had (laughs) their own reality TV show about him and his brother. Did this happen in your mind, Bridget? (laughs) No, it's no. I swear to God. And they were like, it was like pre One Direction, pre like Big Time Rush. Wow. it was like okay so like, you're saying he's ruined for you you'll was, never enjoy he was it. like he was like seven or eight years old like, he's like unrecognizable though yeah yeah but like i knew him as alex wolf from the naked brothers band like everyone wanted to go see the <laughs> naked brothers band like Did and they? So well, he's, all of a sudden he's, he showed up in patriot day has like literally a terrorist in that movie he's portraying and i'm like oh my god like there's no way uh, and so like, there's, there's like a bit, like he, he lives in two separate parts of my brain, very different. Um, and so any movie he's been in, it, it like ruins it for me. Just like, just like a weird. little bit. Okay. It, it was, it's really weird. It is interesting. I, I've I never know. really had that I, happen. Yeah. Cause I, before. I don't know if that would ruin it for you, but he's amazing in this. Okay. Uh, I Alan mean, all the Arkin. Alan Alden's dead. I'm pretty yeah. sure. Yeah. He's great in this. <laughs> <laughs> they re-exhumed his corpse and they just put him in a corner and they use him as a cutaway. It's a budget technique well, thing. Alda's not dead. Ellen <laughs> Arkin? Oh, he's not. It's, no, it's Adam Arkin, but that's okay. Adam Arkin. Adam that's Ange. who it is. There's too many Alan Adam Arkins around <laughs> right now. And uh, I get him confused. Uh, he was great in this too. Actually, the whole cast is really good. It's super fucking small film, and um, I, I, I honestly, from the opening frame to the end frame, this movie rocked me. I was like super inspired by just the simple, and and, and really, this is a movie. It, it reminded me of uh, Lewin Davis, the Coen Brothers. Oh film hell yeah! That, that was really split, but. It was basically a character study, and that's exactly study what and this the, was. And that, and that this was a character study tone, about yeah. a man who has been um, destroyed by culture, and um, and and I, you know, I, I'm not in the Portland food scene. I don't. I, and honestly, I think that was the least important part of this film. Um, but if if maybe I would get bugged by that, but. I'm going to explain but afterwards. Once, what the once movie, you all sing its praises, I'll say what bothers I don't know, man. I just love this film. Yeah. It's fucking amazing. And you, well, well, here, here's one thing that, that, that really stands out for me 
is that like in the past decade or so, obviously Nick Cage has been in like 500,000 movies and, uh-huh. and most of them, the, the whole like thing that you go to see is the Nick Cage freaking out. Scene. Yeah. The cage rage, or, 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 or Nick Cage, like just murdering a room full of people while screaming Mandy, and, which is yeah. an incredible and film. Drunk. See that one. Absolutely. You know? Yeah. Yeah. With a bottle of Jack Daniels shoved up his butthole. Like, you're just uh, waiting for that. The trailer for this movie is, like, that that his pig gets stolen and he's going after his pig. Yeah, it's a truffle pig. The the expectation that they set up here is that Nick Cage is going to go fuck some people up over this pig. And they subvert your expectations so well. Like I was waiting for the moment when Nick Cage freaked out and like, I mean, he, he does a tiny little bit for a second, but like, but when he they, does it, they, what they yeah. amazingly do, they cut out the sound when he has wow. that real That's emotion. Old. It's dude, it's okay. this movie. He's amazing. at it. It's So ridiculous. everything you guys are saying is right. And I want anybody who's listening to this podcast, like, you should see this film, especially if you, you're not in the Portland food scene. Like you, even friends of mine who live in Portland, I asked them, did you see it? They're like, oh, I thought it was wonderful. It was totally weird and interesting. <clears throat> I have friends who worked on it, who did like different crew, whether it's like for the photography or for the, you know, just location stuff. So like, not only is it, you know, made <coughs> by a lot of people from Portland, like a lot of people even mm. from the area adore it. I'm not one of those people. And uh, so listen to Nick and Tom. Don't listen to me. Go see the damn film and judge for yourself for sure. It definitely don't listen to Lucas. But no, but what I'm going to tell you is it's the idea of suspension, the suspension of disbelief. So like I use this as an example. Do you remember seeing the movie uh, Bruce Almighty? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there's a scene in Bruce Almighty where he's stuck in traffic in downtown Buffalo and he's wait, freaking are out. Are you comparing the Portland food scene to the heaven almighty? Just wait. <laughs> So he's stuck okay. in traffic, right? Yes. In the scene. And and, I, and those of us who live in Buffalo are like, that doesn't happen. There's no like rush hour traffic in downtown Buffalo. Nobody fucking works there. So whoever wrote right. that script <laughs> has never been to Buffalo. They just mm-hmm. set it in Buffalo. And then they just, instead of visiting Buffalo and being like, shit, I guess I got this detail wrong. Maybe I should write a different, more inspiring scene that actually makes sense for the place. That's how you solve a problem as a good writer. Instead, <laughs> what they did is they took a premise that somebody would have a truffle pig, which is fucking ridiculous. People don't use truffle pigs, especially in Portland. Like, sure, you can. So a suspension of disbelief. Fine. This guy has a pig that can find truffles. They can don't, do it. Did you miss that point in the movie where he's like, I don't need the oh, pig? Oh, you mean at the end? Yeah. I was aware of it before he fucking said it. Because I'm like, okay, you don't really need a truffle pig, but fine. You, need, you have a truffle pig. Sure. I'll Dude, but that's it. the whole fucking point of it. Wait a second. You love I, that pig. Nick, I'm not even done yet. I'm, I'm just getting started. So then, okay, so he has a pig, fine. And then this fucking dude shows up in the Lambo. I'm like, first of all, nobody owns Lamborghinis in Portland. Like, if they're not showy in Portland. Nobody has, if nobody's riding around in Lambos, especially people who work not in even, Not even a flannel colored one? No. Well, if he showed up, if he, listen, if Alex Wolf showed up in, 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 in flannel in a Lambo, I would have been a little more believable. But I'm like, flannel okay, Lambo. fine. Suspension of disbelief, fine. Flannel he, Lambo. he owns a Lamborghini in Portland. But then, like, all of a sudden, like, they keep going deeper into the food scene. Oh, and then the tweakers are like, we're going to get the pig back. And I'm like, tweakers don't give a fuck about a pig. Like, every little detail they were adding in was just, like, not real. And then, like, they were in the Portland. Remember, they went to the caves and there was, like, a, a fight club going on. And I'm like, yeah, the caves. Everybody knows about the fucking caves. Like, you can go on a tour of the caves, like, that you do. Like, there were, like, old tunnels that were built. There's nothing, like like, mysterious about it. 
and, and the truffle scene, like truffles are not worth any money in Portland. Like it's not a big thing. Like there's no, no such thing as like a truffle trade. I, I filmed with the truffle festival people. They're a bunch of nerds. Like they're what trying to make truffles cool, but they'll never be cool. There's no market for it. So like truffles in Italy, <laughs> truffles in Alba, Italy sell for like type of thousands mushroom. of dollars. This, if, they, if this film was set in Italy, in Alba, Italy, I would believe every little bit of this. They love Lamborghinis in Italy. They love fast cars. Truffles sell for crazy. And they love people truffles. Have, yeah, people have truffle dogs and, like, and they covet their little spots. Like that actually exists somewhere in the world in Italy. And I'm like, do the writers of this, like, was it set in Italy? Then they were like, me want to shoot in America. So they made it take place in Oregon. Like every little detail okay. there was like okay. just off. And, and so I just couldn't believe a fucking word of it. Like none of it worked. So There's the lesson okay, here today, okay. folks, you know, is don't be grumpy like Lucas. Got a point. They, Emily's got a point. What they what they what they did when they finished the script was they said there's a couple of details here that don't really match up with uh, with uh, with Portland, Oregon, with um, the truffle, the truffle trade that doesn't exist there, apparently. And they said, oh, well how big of a deal is it going to be? And they're like, well, Lucas is going to be buddy, Lucas and Lucas, who's been to Portland before um, a couple of times, apparently is, is not going to be happy about this. <laughs> okay. First and then off. They were like, okay. They're like, okay, well, that's only one first ticket. Off. We can make back those like that $15. No, but first off, like, Julie, like if anybody, if you ever actually lived and worked in a place and somebody tries to tell that story and butchers it and doesn't do it right. Cause I feel like any of these things, they could have just changed the, the script to actually fit the reality and it wouldn't affect it anything that Nick described. And that's the thing is Nick's not wrong and Tom's not wrong. You're not wrong, Emilia. This could have been a great script and was in a way for people, but you don't have to also bullshit and lie and just make shit up and have it be effective. So like watching it, I'm like, you obviously never spent any time in the fucking culinary world. Uh, there's no rich, like wealthy mogul fucking uh, restaurateurs. Like the Gorums who had like four restaurants, like close up shop and move to uh, the middle of the of the state because Lucas, you just don't make a lot of money. So like I really, I, really I could never spent I could time on Thanos's planet, have you? But the thing is, like <laughs> ever. The thing is, though, it's it, obvious it, from this rant. What you guys aren't hearing, though, is the suspension of disbelief. <laughs> you ever been to Thanos's home home world? So, so look, these are a great examples. You can suspend disbelief because Thanos is so out of this world. But when it's something that you actually live and work in, you're like, if you don't get the details, I right, think that we just like unlocked uh, yeah. a new level of geek on Lucas's part. No, no, like, Lucas, it's like Lucas level is right. achieved. No, he's right. Oh, yeah. and, <laughs> and I really, really want to be on his side. We get it. Lucas, you like second, Portland, man. <laughs> but the second you're like, anybody who's ever spent time in the culinary world of truffles, like, I just, it's hard to take you seriously, even though I do definitely <laughs> want to be on your side. Well, the thing that you're describing is true. There's no culinary world of truffles in America. It doesn't exist. But it existed it, in Pig. It, it exists in this fantasy anyways. movie called Pig. Listen, listen, listen. It, movies is all about suspension of disbelief. That's did what babe I'm saying. The pig, did Babe really go to the city? Babe Pig in the city? Did he really take the high life? No, but we believed it as a film. Okay, that's what I'm saying. Little. Is you yeah. all could really what really happened is he took a Miller highlight. No. no, but you literally oh, can. What I'm saying is you all can suspend disbelief. I wish I could. I can't. I can't take it seriously. It's all silly to me, and I'm like, that's it. Doesn't emotionally resonate because it seems like bullshit. And I wish I could yeah, because and, and everything else. I'm gonna spend a weekend with you and make you eat shitty food and watch Pig until you like it, Lucas. I'm gonna make you guys go visit Portland, and you'll be like, wow, the Truffle Festival's lame. How'd they make a script out of this shit? 
Like, wow, we, people we, are uh, fighting over the, truffles. I would be like, yourself. Jesus Christ, whoever made a script out of this stupid festival is a genius. Oh, uh, well, if they made, you know, if they made, listen, they made you guys happy. They, I'm fine I with that. We it. can disagree on movies, but honestly, I could not enjoy this one. I wanted to, I couldn't do it. I was like laughing stay, at it. Stay tuned like, for Lucas's other review about how the Muppets did not take Manhattan. Honestly, man, that is more believable. That's more believable than killing people over truffles in Oregon. Nobody. I'm just saying nobody's killing anybody. I ain't seen Kermit around on my daily commute. Oh, yeah. I did do a shoot with a Swedish chef before. (gasps) And Kermit. And Piggy on the red carpet. I love them. Anyway, listen to everybody else. Don't listen to me. See the film. But honestly, I'm right. In this one, sorry. But there's stuff. Big point and, uh, is go to the movies. Physically, yeah, go to the go movies. To the movies. And see it. Buy Because that's the only place you can see Pig right now. And if you can find it in your area, I highly recommend it. Same with Sensor. I mean, most of these movies, except for Tomorrow War, just you know, don't even bother. Yeah, it's like three hours long. It's yeah, it's crazy. very long. If you're looking for like a big blockbuster to watch, I I go, go see, see Jungle Cruise. Cruise. <laughs> Ooh, well, we'll review that one. <laughs> Yeah, I'll be glad to rip that apart. (laughs) Yeah, honestly, yeah. But go to the movies, go buy a ticket, go get some popcorn, do what you got to do. Support your local theater. Go find us on ScreenRadar.com and, you know, like in iTunes and all those places you find. Yes, you can can follow us. Here we go. Follow us at ScreenRadar on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. You can also find us on Letterboxd, where we like to rank and rate lots of different films. Lucas, I expect at least three paragraphs about Pig, at least minimally. I'm going to give it two and a half stars. Here's my address. You can follow me outside of my apartment while I walk my dog. Oh, my gosh. And, and also, too, uh, make sure to stream Film Dorks podcast uh, on Spotify, and yeah, Apple Podcasts, podcast, podcast, literally wherever you, wherever you, wherever you find your podcast, podcast can be found is the exactly. line. Exactly. <laughs> Go stream say. it. Listen, we got a lot of great ones out there still. So and and more to come. More to come. Lastly, what are we doing next, guys? We got to decide. We can we do not offline, but I feel like we got to get back into some... I Tom stuff. has a creature of the Black Lagoon. Maybe we do like monsters, classic monsters yeah, again. We, we can go back to monsters. Ooh. Or yeah, we like can always get, if you guys, I know Lucas keeps bringing up, you want to do a dive of someone? We did John oh, Carpenter yeah. the last time. Which we never finished, but yeah, that I'd be into fun. another deep dive on a director. All right, we'll find something. All right. It'll we'll be entertaining enough. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be fine. It'll be All fine. right. Good night, everyone. Good night. All right. Good night. Take care. Bye, Internet.